0: Hey, this is your host Tim Tayo, on 2 Traffic Ninja podcast. I truly enjoy putting this show together, but it's not all about me. I have incredible supporting network of listeners, of guests, friends and family. This podcast is all about helping one another and creating content that will help improve oral health and our general well-being. Yes, as parents and guardians, we wonder why some of our children end up having dental periods. Despite we trying our best to keep your teeth clean, our conversation today is on dental care for infants and children. Joining me is Dr. Olanoye Omobola, a consultant pediatric dentist. You're welcome Ma.
1: Thank you for, for the invitation.
0: Yes, thank you very much Ma. So how are you today and how is practice? during COVID-19 and era
1: <laughs> yeah i'm fine thank you and practice is a little challenging but we are coping we are doing our best to do what the best we can do yeah. despite the situation of things okay,
0: thank you in a nutshell i would want you to tell us the role of the pediatric dentist in the management of a dental patients okay
1: Pediatric dentists are dentists dedicated to oral health of children from birth to adulthood. So, from birth to adolescence, pardon me. Basically, what we do is we want to ensure that the mouth and the structures within are kept as healthy as possible from birth till a child is 16 years of age. And we do this by giving oral health talks, by doing what is known as a dental home. By treating the children when they are brought to the clinic and we do school visits, we do um, church visits when the need arises. So that's basically what we
0: do. Okay. Thank you very much. Today, we are discussing dental care for infants and children. What can a mother do to ensure good oral health while pregnant and good oral health in a child, an infant child that is yet to erupt? any okay
1: basically we we preach that and we we found from various studies that mothers the state of the mother's oral health is a great determinant of how the the oral health status of the her child would be meaning that if a mother has a good oral health there's a high possibility that the child would also have a good oral health so we always encourage mothers and mothers to be
0: How about in the child, the child that, an infant that doesn't have teeth in the mouth yet, how would the mother make sure the child ensures good horror health in this child? Network. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Okay.
1: <laughs> <I guess. laughs> yes, we always encourage them to clean, despite the fact that the child does not have any any tooth in the mouth. We always encourage them to clean with a damp cloth after feeding the child, nursing the child. So as soon as a child is is um, giving birth to and the mother needs to nurse, we always encourage them to clean with a clean cloth or a a, a piece of gauze, dampened piece of gauze or clean cloth, clean the gums, clean the mouth, generally keep all the excess leftover milk out of the child's mouth. And we we believe that if a mother has a good oral health practice, when it has become a routine for her, then it will be very easy for her to ensure that this is um, transferred to the child. Because the mother is going to be the determinant of the state of the oral health of her child, mainly. Basically.
0: Okay. So amongst mothers taking care of their babies, we know teething is a common topic of discussion. Please can you put more light on this concerning the signs and symptoms of teething and what mothers can do to relieve their baby of any form of discomfort?
1: First of all, I like to start by saying teething is a is a normal thing. It's not a disease face. Because people tend to think ah teething is is a disease is a condition it
0: let's talk again so let's just wait wait for our guest can, can you hear me now yes I can I can okay
1: this um state, I don't want to say condition because it's a it's, it's state, yeah. it's a face is associated with some symptoms and signs and these symptoms and signs should not really cause any harm to the child we see symptoms like a mild fever very low grade fever slightly raised temperature a child will become irritable since the child cannot really communicate the child cannot really tell the mother what he or she is feeling The child will drool. The child will produce a lot of saliva and drool saliva. The child may become restless. The child may have difficulty sleeping. The child will be extra clingy. The child might have um, swollen gums, itchy gums. That's why you see children constantly wanting to put things in their mouths. Mm -hmm. But when a child starts to experience high fever, um, stooling, Diarrhea. Let me put it that way. It's, you see rashes on the child. The gum starts to bleed, or the child starts to convulse. These are not signs of teething. I really like to repeat this for for the sake of emphasis. A child that has a high fever, that has diarrhea or stooling, or is stooling, that has rashes or bleeding gums or is vomiting or is or is um, convulsing is not a child is not, these symptoms are not signs of teething. So, such children should please be taken to the hospital. They should be taken to the hospital. So, teething should not make a child stool, should not make a child vomit, should not make a child have rashes, should not make a child have a high fever or make a child convulse. When we see such signs, such symptoms, we should please take such a child to the clinic to see a doctor because and we should also note that because these children like to put um things in their mouths in the process of introducing many things because it becomes quite itchy the child would um can carry something that is contaminated something that is infected something that has germs in his or her mouth and that can cause an infection that will present with a high fever, may cause tullein, may cause vomiting and that is why I said teething is a normal thing so when a child presents with things that are not normal, then we should know that there's something else going on going
0: on, thank you no, well noted, so let's talk about oral care for newly erupted teeth and then infants between ages 6 to 12 months
1: okay, Um, I would like to state that as soon as a child erupts a tooth, as soon as you see that beautiful white crystal in your child's mouth, no. Network, don't do this again, that people. Network. Erupts a
0: tooth.
1: As soon as, okay. As soon as a child erupts a tooth, we should note that the child is old enough to own a brush yes brushing starts as soon as the tooth erupts so we should get a soft bristled brush and smear a smear a tiny weenie winny sized toothpaste we should just put a little bit just like a dot of paste on the brush and brush for the child and this brushing should be done and the toothpaste please should contain fluoride a fluoride containing toothpaste the child should be brushed for lasting at night and first thing after breakfast so brushing should start as soon as the tooth erupts then we should also note for children we always pediatric dentists we always emphasize on the fact that the brushing from ages as soon as the child erupts a tooth till a child is six years the brushing should be done by the parents because the child does not have the the dexterity to do the brushing properly so the brushing should be done by a parent i didn't remember please note i didn't say by the mother it can be the father can be an auntie can be a, a caregiver yes but the brushing should be done by an adult and the brushing so another thing we should notice that it's not just to brush with toothpaste and brush but the brushing should be done properly Mm -hmm. and we should not be in a hurry we should spend at least two minutes brushing thank you very much
0: as it Encourage people to bring their children in for their first dental visit as yes early as possible. When and why should a mother or caregiver take his or her child for the first and subsequent dental yes.
1: visit? Because um, most mothers are not pediatric dentists. They don't know the signs and symptoms of something going wrong. We always preach, we always beg, we plead with mothers to kindly bring their children as soon as it erupts their first tooth we always say before the first birthday we also want to have a familiarization thing with the child we want the child to have a rapport with us so when they are coming to us the child is not going to be brought when there is a condition maybe a painful condition the child should have been brought when all is well so when the child is coming there's no reason to be anxious or there's no reason for the mother or the child to be anxious about the visit it becomes a routine thing and we advise that they bring the child every six months. And we like we know a stitching time saves nine. So if there's a there's a disease process going on, we can pick it as early as possible and leave it in the board before it becomes worse. So we always advise that the child is brought okay. as soon as possible before the child
0: is worn. Okay. So I hope my listeners are listening. The methodology of how mothers feed their baby, for example, the, like with the use of water feeding, I know is an important factor that is considered in dent- in identifying the possible cause of early cavities in children. Can you please throw more light?
1: Yes, on? thank you so much for that question. What the mother feeds the child with and what the child is fed on is very important. Would we'll determine if this child will develop holes tooth decay or what is popularly known in the field of dentistry as caries. Um, we We should also note that even your breast milk, the breast milk can cause caries. So we advise that if you are going to nurse your child overnight, you should not put your breasts in the mouth of your child overnight because what actually is responsible for this disease condition is a bacteria that most most children and mothers have and these bacteria need what is known as sugar known popularly known as sucrose to survive so when you is like human beings when you subjects you provide the the food that the bacteria needs to survive the bacteria would live well and multiply in the child's mouth and ultimately lead to the disease process so we advise that if you are going to nurse your baby If you are going to nurse in the middle of the night, you wake up, you carry your baby, you nurse, and you clean after nursing. If you are going to bottle feed your baby, we advise that by the time a child is about to celebrate the first birthday, you should have withdrawn the bottle, the feeding bottle. Because children who are older, who are already working, would carry their bottle around and constantly have the sugary substance coat the teeth and that will predispose to what is known as early childhood caries. That is caries in children less than six years. We don't want that. So, like I said, what you feed your child with, the utensils, the materials, whether it's the feeding bottle or a cup and spoon matters. But more importantly, we are very, very particular about what is done after feeding and what you feed your child on. So all those sugary, sugar-containing snacks Drinks and food items should be as much as possible discouraged. Okay,
0: thank you, Ma. Let's talk about the early warning signs of poor oral health in children. Okay.
1: Um, pain usually is the first sign. That's for children who can talk. (laughs) That's for children who can tell you what they are feeling. Mm -hmm. But for children who can't, they will cry. You will notice that the gum is swollen. The child might start to bleed from the mouth, you might notice some ulcerations, the child might have a bad breath. Anything that doesn't seem right is a sign that something is going on and so children should be brought to the dental clinic for proper examination.
0: Another thing is oral habits, oral habits in children. How can this affect the child's oral health? And should parents see a dentist about? Yes,
1: this? thank you so much for that question. A lot of children have different habits. We have habits like um, thumb sucking, finger sucking. It can doesn't necessarily have to be the thumb. We have nail biting, tongue thrusting, sticking out the tongue, mouth breathing. A child that constantly leaves the mouth ajar. So many habits. Some will bite their lip. Some will suck on their lip. All these habits ultimately would affect the oral health of your child. A child that leaves the mouth ajar would is more susceptible to developing caries. The child is more susceptible to having what is known as calculus, hardened um, debris in the mouth around the teeth, and that can predispose to gum disease. A child that sucks the thumb can have what is known as malocclusion. Malocclusion So such such um, the arrangement of the teeth will be affected so many conditions, so many habits that can really, really affect the overall health status of the child. So I I would advise that mothers, as soon as you notice that your child has a habit, it's usually better to help curb the habits when it is caught early than when the habit is fully established. So I would advise that the mothers bring their children when they notice that there's there's a particular habit so that we
0: can help. Okay. Thank you very much. Hello? Hello? So she has, we just spoke about oral habits that is important for us to identify this early and see a dentist are you i'm here i can hear of... you okay so there are some dental conditions that i think are quite important and i think it's important for us to discuss it today as well like neonatal and natal teeth i know you remember most of all political in uk or something then cleft leaf and palate tongue tie i think it should be good for mothers to have a little bit of knowledge about this okay first
1: of all i would like to say that if a child has something that is outside of normal we shouldn't assume that the child is evil the child is abnormal the child is a spirit or a demon because we hear so many things there are so many myths out there that children who are given birth to with uh, a tooth in the mouth should be killed should be thrown away should be abandoned should be feared Such children are perfect they are just a little different from normal that doesn't make them abnormal so if a child has a tooth in the mouth is referred to at birth is referred to as natal tooth the child is there's nothing wrong with the child it's just that the tooth came out earlier than it should and we should not because of that stigmatize such children or abandon such children we hear so many things the mothers are accused of so many things. It is not the fault of the mother. It is not the fault of the child. It is not the fault of the environment. It's just that the tooth decided to come out earlier than normal. And when a child has a tooth from birth to the first 30 days, 28 to 30 days, is referred to as neonatal tooth. That child is perfect. There's nothing wrong with the child. It's not the child's fault or the mother's fault. If a child is born with a... a cleft lip or palate, the child is perfect there's nothing wrong with the child apart from the fact that there's a part of the body of the child that is a little outside normal and it can be treated so such children such mothers should not fear there are so many centers available in nigeria now in the university college hospital we have what is known as the cleft team dedicated to treating these children those those uh, abnormalities can be treated So we should please, the public should please not stigmatize the family because the psychosocial effects of these conditions is so marked that mothers don't want their children anymore. We've had so many cases of mothers wanting to strangle their children, mothers wanting to have... We've actually had some who actually abandoned their children. So please, such children are perfect. It's just that they have something a little different from what we are used to and they can be treated yes they As can well. be treated okay, we can't be treated really
0: mm. Yuma, thank you very much so t- we've come to the end of today's discussion thank uh, you for supporting you. this show by joining us by the way she's my <laughs> big sister and i'm pretty <laughs> one for that. Well, thank you so Yuma. much i'm grateful <laughs> thank yeah me. i hope you will join us again uh, definitely. yeah thank, thank you, you so once much. again all right thank you my my dear listeners thank you for joining us again i'm your host dr timetai